Welcome to Get Real with me, Dr. Friedman. If you want to live with greater purpose, authenticity, and empowerment, this is your time to upgrade your belief systems, unlock your true potential, and discover the endless possibilities of you becoming the creator of your life. Hi, Get Real community. How are you all doing? Well, as you may tell, I'm sweating because we have summer and we have about 100 degrees. And in the southern part of France, a lot of houses don't have air condition. So I am a little hot. But that's fitting very well with Get Real because we are asking the hot questions here, the questions that most people don't want to tackle or we ourselves just don't find answers for. So we are trying to push them aside. And the one question I want to ask you today is on a level of, uh, on a scale from one to 10, how high would you estimate your confidence level is? So if you're coming up with anything below five, and even if you are five or six, stay tuned because I want to share with you today five very effective ways on how to build a solid foundation of confidence. Because confidence is about this intrinsic worthiness. It's the trust in yourself and your abilities. And being confident doesn't mean that you believe you are, you know, invincible and you can do anything and everything. You have realistic expectations. But when you're confident, you are not really giving up on reaching a goal just because you have a setback. Because you know you have a natural ability to learn from those things that didn't work out and to grow beyond them. When you have confidence and self-esteem, you're not looking down on people and think that you're better than them. And you're not comparing yourself with them. You just know that who you are is good enough. Who you are matters. And who you are, you believe in. You can create a life of joy, purpose, and fulfillment. Does that sound like something you would want to build? Well, why don't we have confidence, right? I mean, I was struggling with insecurity for a long time. And I often was wondering, when we are coming out of the womb, pretty much helpless, and then very quickly we are learning how to make ourselves hurt, learning how to nurse, to turn around, to crawl, to even walk, and then talk. I mean, shouldn't we have a really strong sense of confidence because we have accomplished so many life uh, milestones in such a short amount of time? So in general, I would say everything we are doing naturally as we are growing up should boost our self-esteem. But it doesn't because there is something else happening that gets actually in the way of it. And those are the messages that we are receiving from the people around us. So I, for example, was told, you know, you're nice, you're good, but don't feel too good about yourself. Because if you do, you see, you're going to be seen as arrogant. And no one likes arrogant people. All right, so that scared me. I didn't want to not be liked. So I definitely toned down my confidence and, and looked more at the things I'm not so great at. But you may have not heard those messages, but you certainly were criticized for whatever, being too lazy or 
eating too much or wanting too much or being too loud or whatever those things are. So this constant criticism, judgment, which may be well meant by our teachers and parents and siblings and peers, it certainly doesn't build our confidence. It's almost like as humans, we are more used to find faults with this, you know, quest of making ourselves and others better than we are really lifting ourselves up. And I think that is one of those things that we unfortunately then internalize and we carry with us through our, you know, teenage times into our adulthood. And then we have these bad habits of comparing ourselves with others, always looking at the things that didn't work out, that we are not so good at, uh, always trying to improve ourselves, not because we love it, but because we are feeling like we are lacking or we are flawed or we are lagging behind. All of those things don't really build a solid sense of confidence. And if you don't have confidence, you know how that feels. You're feeling like having weak muscles going through life, wanting to uh, climb a mountain, but somehow you don't feel that you're strong enough to get there. When you have no confidence, you're constantly doubting yourself, have a hard time making decisions, don't want to speak up, or you're feeling like, well, I just do what other people tell me to do and trying to please others, fit in, but I don't want to really be seen for who I am. I don't want to make a mark or speak up. Now, unfortunately, not a lot of confidence means also not a lot of authentic living. It means not really creating a life that is in alignment with your purpose. It also means not really leaving your mark in this world. So there is a lot at stake. And I think confidence is something that is not super hard to build because let's face it, as I said, there are so many reasons to feel good about yourself. But again, we have to learn how to do it. And from me, at least, I never was taught, hey, son, this is how you build confidence. So I had to somehow learn it by myself, learn from the masters and try to see which of those methods can really help me the most. So let's get started. Well, number one thing that I really would like you to do to get a greater sense of self-worth is taking an inventory. And what I mean with that is that you are taking a piece of paper and you're going to write down 10 of your accomplishments in life. Now, an accomplishment is getting your high school diploma. An accomplishment is to get married or have a child or get a driver's license or have a job since a certain amount of time or, you know, exploring uh, on backpack uh, the, the back roads of Europe or whatever those things are. An accomplishment doesn't have to be finding the cure for cancer or creating world peace. None of us probably has the Nobel Prize, but we all have had goals that we wanted to reach. And once we reach them, that counts as an accomplishment. So write those things down. And then underneath that, write down 10 obstacles that you overcame. Now, an obstacle can be like, you know, I was dealing with an illness or with a breakup or my parents were getting a divorce or always fighting, or I 
had a dog that I really loved so much and that poor thing, thing got run over by a car and it was really hard for me to deal with right down the tough times, the things where you really felt like, okay, I don't know how to overcome that hurdle or I need to somehow find something inside of me to be able to, yeah, go beyond that or heal that. So write down those 10 obstacles. And then you're going to write down 10 changes that you have made in your life. And changes are, for example, moving out of your parents. Or a change could be a change of career. Or a change could be a change of diet. Or where you choose to, hey, I want to you know, lose uh, 20 pounds and run a half marathon so that I get really you know, in good shape. Whatever those things are. Looking for, again, goals that are can be milestones. It can be desires to self-improve. It can be things where you felt like, you know what, I want to expand more. You know, the relationship, the town I'm living in, uh, you know, the profession I'm having, all of those things are not really satisfying me. I want to make a change. So you're going to write those 10 changes down as well. Once you have these 30 different items, you're going to write down next to it at least two of those inner qualities that allowed you to have the accomplishments, overcome the obstacles, make the changes, and always try to find new ones. Because in the end, wouldn't it be great if you would find 60 different innate qualities, strengths that you have, that you could build further accomplishments and overcome further obstacles with. So for example, this can be tenacity, it can be uh, ambition, it can be intelligence, it can be that uh, you're, you know, really finding that uh, you have a lot of uh, creativity, that you're a good uh, communicator or connector, it can be passion, it can be fun, and you just name it. Go back, think about how it felt when you were doing the things you were doing, and realize, yeah, this was not something necessarily someone helped me and I didn't do anything. I was just carried across the finish line. This is really something I did. And this is what I internally had that allowed me to do this. Because we often define ourselves by these external things. We're saying, yeah, I have a doctorate. And yes, I have, you know, made, uh, you know, six figures. And But in the end, we know. This is only fleeting. You have it, and that's that. It doesn't really uh, define you. But what defines you and what can give you confidence is how you did it and what inside of you allowed you to do this. And it's like an artist. If you're an artist and you do a beautiful piece, well, that piece may really be meaningful to you. But in the end, it's your talent. It's your creativity, your artistry. That what defines you as an artist and all those things of the inventory that you're doing define you in regards to who you are and what you're capable of. And that's going to boost your confidence. Got it? Cool. Number two, another confidence building tool is it's a tough one. A lot of people feel like, oh, I don't want to do that. Do it. It's really fun. And you will be surprised about the answers. Ask three people in your life, what they see in you as 
you know, valuable, things that they love or why they believe in you. What are the assets that they appreciate? What, what do they feel like is, you know, unique about you? Doesn't matter how you want to phrase it. You're not fishing for compliments. You can say, well, you know, I listened to this podcast and it was all about confidence and hey, you know, we can all use more of it. So I wanted to ask you because we have often blinders on. As I mentioned before, we don't see ourselves exactly who we are because through all these external inputs and programs, we have these filters that don't necessarily, you know, allow us to have, uh, you know, a good understanding of who we are. You know how people can suffer from body dysmorphia. I think a lot of people suffer from self-esteem dysmorphia or from self-awareness dysmorphia because we are looking at ourselves and seeing, you know, a, a mediocre person or a loser and not really someone who is, you know, seen by others as such an amazing friend or such a positive uh, force in the community or someone who is always really so good in listening or always helpful or just, you know, oozes out a calmness that makes everything somehow seem easier to tackle. Maybe you have those qualities and you are not really aware of them. So ask three people that you feel will not lie to you, but you also feel like, yeah, they pretty much know me. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they're saying. And I tell you, I ask my clients often to do this. And when they read what they, you know, what uh, the friends are sending them as emails, it brings them to tears. It really touches them so deeply because it really makes them feel like, wow, I always felt maybe this is who I am, but now someone actually confirms this for me. And it's a wonderful exercise. So definitely do that. Number three, number three is where you every day want to appreciate and acknowledge the little things that you're doing. See, a lot of people are, you know, doing great in life. They are making a contribution. They are showing up on time. They are always uh, reliable. They never really say like, you know, that's too much. You always try to you know, find a way to help or to, you know, reach uh, whatever uh, responsibility they have and the goals that are, you know, set for them or they're setting themselves. So most of us may exactly do that. We are showing up. We are doing a great job and we are not giving ourselves any reward for it. We just take it for granted. I mean, one of the sentences that I often hear and it's really hard for me to hear is when people say, well, isn't that what everybody is doing? No, it's not. You are doing this in your own unique way and you are showing up with your own unique set of uh, contributions. You just have to pay attention to them. Maybe you're the nicest driver out there. And even though everyone is honking the horn because you let people in or you let someone cross the street and because you are really, you know, cautious and also considerate, you don't let yourself be uh, perturbed by this. You keep on being a very mindful and uh, generous driver. Do you ever acknowledge yourself for that? No. Do you ever acknowledge 
that you know outside of the office building there is a plant and maybe you see it's hot and no one gives it water so you take your water bottle and give it some water these little random acts of kindness do you acknowledge this maybe not so do that every day write down two or three things that you feel like wow i am actually a good person i'm actually a capable person i'm actually someone who has somehow a, a way to always, you know, get what uh, he or she wants. I'm someone who always finds a solution. I just uh, do a little research and there it is. I'm really someone people come to and want to talk to when they have an issue because they trust me. Take also this daily note of the things that show who you are and take those as little stones that are a part of that foundation of your confidence. It's really fun. It's a little bit like a treasure hunt. And ultimately, the treasure that you find is you. Number four is that you want to stop undermining your confidence. So that is, you know, where I started today. It's really important that you take a self-criticism, self-bashing fast. Stop putting yourself down. I'm going to soon have a show on body confidence because so many people are just in the morning already when they look in the mirror, you know, making a grimace, uh, feeling like, Ugh, I don't want to even see that. That's horrible. That's ugly. That's old. Whew, that's not a good start of the day. So just make a commitment for the next month to not one negative to not say one negative thing about yourself you don't have to say necessarily all the time positive things would be good but you don't have to do that because maybe that's too far-fetched but stop beating yourself down it's not helping it's not fair and you wouldn't do this to anyone especially not to a good friend so your inner relationship cannot be very good if you're constantly criticizing yourself and that is why you may have been struggling with confidence. The other thing that you don't want to do to undermine yourself is to constantly compare yourself. Yes, I know a lot of people feel one of their outlets is looking at social media. And if there would be a confidence measurement device, you would probably see how after a few scrolls, your confidence is just diminishing. It's zipping out of you. It feels like, oh, where does it go? I don't know. But Everyone else is so much better. Well, no wonder that I don't feel good about myself. If you want to just take a little social media fast, just look at inspirational stuff and not at stuff that, oh, their lives is so much better. And in the end, you know, it's only polished virtual reality. It's not true. And it's not really something that should matter to you in the first place. And the third thing you want to not do in regards to undermining your confidence is to make assumptions on what people may be thinking. You know, maybe you are in the mood to wear something really colorful or, you know, something that just feels a little bit more revealing because it's hot. And then you think, oh, no, oh, no, my neighbors will think I'm doing this. Or maybe the, the people in the office will, you know, have a negative opinion and I don't want to stand out. So you're, again, letting yourself be pushed out of what you really wanted to do because you're making assumptions on 
how people may respond to you. Doesn't matter what they're thinking, none of your business. Try just to do things that feel right and feel good to you, and then realize hmm, nothing actually happens. I don't know what these people are thinking, but I certainly like it. I feel good. I enjoy it. And maybe someone gives me a compliment. That's nice. That's an extra bonus. But I am not letting myself get stopped with this assumption making. Now, if you have been paying attention, you probably think like, well, that sounds like this book that I have been reading a long time ago. Read it again. I'm talking about the four agreements uh, with uh, who wrote it was Don Miguel Roos. Excellent book, a very short but very profound read. And it has all those aspects of how to treat yourself better, to be impeccable with your word, to uh, not make assumptions, to not take things personally. All of those things are included. So it's a good thing to revisit if you haven't already done this recently. Now, number, where am I? Number five is to make sure that you are seeing this lack of confidence, not just as something that you just, you know, maybe another flaw that you have, another issue that somehow sets you apart from the rest of the world, but that you're seeing it more as a protective mechanism of your subconscious. And that's really true. Because very often we, you know, are dealing early on in our lives with these, uh, you know, as I said, maybe criticism or negative messages. And, uh, and for me, again, in order to get love, I need to not feel confident. So the subconscious does say it, put this confidence on the low burner because it only creates trouble. And the subconscious may say, so if you don't feel too much confidence, then you will not feel too disappointed if something doesn't work out because you already assume it's not going to work out. Or if you don't feel so good about yourself and you're actually already beating yourself up, well, if somebody else is criticizing you, it's not so painful because you already are used to that pain because you're causing it yourself. So the subconscious may tread lightly with confidence because it says it's not safe out there. So being small, being invisible, being not like this most, uh, you know, obvious target because you feel so good about yourself is better. And it may have been something that may have worked during, let's say, middle school when you got bullied or when you were dealing with a big brother who was just torturing you all the time. But you're an adult now or you're on your way to being an adult. So it's time to really teach the subconscious, it is safe to be myself. It is safe to be seen. It is safe to speak up. It is safe to even make a little fool out of yourself. I had a, a coach who said once that, you know, one great confidence building tool is to take risks, to do things that you know are, you know, a little embarrassing, but you do them anyhow. And you realize, oh, Nothing happened. I didn't spontaneously combust. The world is still turning. Everything is okay. And then the subconscious realizes, hi, it doesn't actually matter. Doing something that could feel a little, you know, shameful is not the end of the world. I don't have to be so cautious. For example, you can go into a 
let's say a furniture store and ask if they do pizza delivery. Well, they're gonna look at you like, you know, you're crazy and you just say, oh, I guess not. And you leave and, and that's that. But you know that this, you know, incredulous look of somebody or them thinking, you know, that, you know, there's something wrong with you didn't hurt you. You didn't take it on. There was this invisible force field of confidence around you that somehow let all of this simply bounce away. So take a little risk every day, chatting with the person in front of you at the coffee stand, or maybe asking, you know, the, the personal trainer that you always find really cute if, uh, you know, uh, he or she wants to have a smoothie after the class. And you know, just things where you feel like, oh, no, 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 this is really scary. Well, if you do it, it gets you automatically out of your comfort zone. And guess what? Your new confidence level is not in your comfort zone. It's way out there. And when you are stretching your, uh, your comfort zone, you are automatically increasing your confidence and you're automatically expanding. And you're feeling like, wow, I have room to breathe. I have room to be. It's like you're getting yourself from a little pot that you have been, you know, kind of living, but not really thriving into a big, big garden. And there you can really expand and grow like, you know, a tree would need more space to grow and expand. So expand your comfort zone and then feedback every time you take a risk. That was great. I really feel better about myself because I learned to not care. I learned to just be okay with making something like a fool out of me. I was completely okay with whatever people were thinking about me. It didn't hurt at all. Or you may want to do something like a client of mine who, you know, was joining a, an online group, a group that was, you know, chatting about a certain subject. And he was always worried, should I do this? I don't know. These are much more, you know, uh, uh, educated, smarter, and probably much, you know, better than me. And so he said, okay, for my homework, I'm going to join the group and I'll see how long I can stay. After five minutes, he wanted to leave, but he told himself, no, that's not enough. I haven't stretched my comfort zone yet. So he stayed for the whole thing. And guess what? He made a really good friend, uh, friend during this chat. And now they are talking all the time. And he said, well, I'm so glad I made that leap because otherwise I would have never met this person. So it always works out. It's all up to you how you see it and how you interpret whatever happens. Interpret it in a way that even though maybe someone may have been laughing in your face if you took a risk. As long as you say, I got to laugh with them. This is funny. You didn't take it personally and you feel like, well, great. It didn't define me. What defined me was me having the courage to stretch beyond that what I thought was safe and possible. And eventually your subconscious will go away from just trying to keep you safe to saying, oh, you know, you like it. You like doing things that are a little bit different. You like going outside what feels safe. You like expanding. And because you like it, your subconscious switches from protecting you to helping you to thrive. It's exactly these two speeds your subconscious can do. So teach your subconscious, I don't want to be protected so much anymore. Let's go into expansion and thriving mode. 
Now, the last thing I really can tell you works very well is to do an affirmation. An affirmation, I know, often people do it and they are just repeating the words and don't really feel anything about it. There is kind of a science behind affirmations. You cannot just, you know, use words that sound good, but you don't really have any association with. Use words that feel or make you feel something. Words that when you use them, bring up a picture of, wow, when I really see who I could be, if I say like an I am statement, I, I am confident or I am a good person. If you can feel what that means now that you did the inventory and all these other things. If you can imagine yourself, uh, how that would look like and how you would walk through life with this I am confident affirmation. Then the affirmation is, you know, in some ways like a, you know, like a stepping stone or a bridge that leads you on because it just tells you this direction. It's uh, pointing you towards you want to towards where you want to go and telling you you can do it because you are confident, you are valuable. Now, one of my uh, favorite affirmations is not an I am statement. It is I love appreciate and believe in myself. I am enough. And what I love about this uh, affirmation is that it really is about how I am relating to myself. If it's, you know, about certain, like, uh, I'm lovable or I'm trustworthy, you know, it always includes other people. It's about how other people may perceive you or how in relation to other people, you are with these, um, uh, you know, characteristics. But when you say, I love, appreciate, and believe in myself, I am enough for myself. It's all that matters. You are creating, again, uh, an energy of confidence that is, you know, holding you in place. It's like this force field that just gives you a sense of negativity bouncing off, there is no temptation to go into other minds. There is no temptation to, you know, look into other lives and feel like you should have that. It all holds you in place like an inner magnet, like the earth is held in place by this inner magnet. And you go through life just as your own person. You don't wonder if you should be different. You may be inspired to grow and again to change, but the core feels solid. The core feels real and the core feels you, the authentic you. And I'm sure you can get there. Just don't feel like, you know, again, the motivation is there is something lacking about you. Make the motivation that you want to get a better, more fulfilling, more trusting and more enjoyable relationship with yourself. I hope that helps you to build your confidence. Actually, I'm sure it does.